Hello and welcome to the Heiress of Slytherin, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Micaela, your host. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9. In this episode, I'm going to be going over my initial kind of theories and opinions about the third Fantastic Beasts movie. So last week, we finally got a title reveal for the third Fantastic Beasts film, and it's going to be called The Secrets of Dumbledore. And we also got a release date, which is April 15th of 2022. And actually today, which is September 29th, the day I'm recording this, there was actually an announcement that it was pushed up in the UK and Ireland. So it's actually going to be April 8th of 2022 for those countries. But U.S., as far as I know, it's still April 15th of 2022. Hopefully, they do move it up, though. And before I get into my theories and opinions, thoughts, that kind of thing, I just want to remind everybody of my social medias. I am on Twitter at SlytherinPod. My Facebook page is The Heiress of Slytherin Podcast. And if you want to email me, you can at the Heiress of Slytherin Podcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a quick reminder that you can also donate to this podcast through the anchor link. There's different monthly subscriptions you can do, such as I think $2.99, $4.99, that kind of thing. It just helps me to continue to keep this podcast running and continue to make more content. You can also leave me voice messages through the anchor link or even record them from your phone and then send them to me through the email. But you can ask me questions through them or provide your theories or ideas or kind of what-if moments, and I can always play them on my future episodes as well. And it would be great if you could subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening from. Now to get into the episode content, I want to kind of recap a little bit of the Dumbledore family history, what we know from the Harry Potter series, mainly Deathly Hollows, and also what was kind of revealed to us in Fantastic Beasts 2. That way it helps to kind of explain better some theories and opinions that I have. And also, if you're unaware of it, here's a good little summary as well. So the Dumbledore family, let's just say the dad is Percival Dumbledore. And he is married to Kendra Dumbledore, who was a muggle-born witch. And their oldest child together was... Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. So very long name, but this is the Dumbledore that we know as Professor Dumbledore from the Harry Potter series. So I'm going to be referring to him as Albus during this episode so that it doesn't uh, mix up too much with other Dumbledore family characters. His younger brother is called Aberforth Dumbledore. And for those who are unfamiliar, we do see him in the Harry Potter series in if you're more familiar with the movies, he is in Deathly Hollows Part 2, and he's the owner of the Hogshead Inn, and he actually kind of helps the Hogwarts students throughout that year when the Death Eaters are their professors and helps with shelter and food and things like that. And Albus and Aberforth had a younger sister called Ariana. Now, if you recall in the first few episodes I've had for Sorcerer's Stone, I've kind of talked about how children will show signs of magic early on and it's even if you're muggle-born you'll still show signs of it and so it's definitely no exception for those who are already born into wizarding families so ariana dumbledore um, at one point one day when she was younger she kind of 
performs magic on accident because you know you can't really control when you're younger and you usually just have kind of bursts of magic when you're maybe you're scared or you're angry or emotional or something like that and so one day she kind of displayed some magic whatever it was and there was actually three muggle boys who saw her do this magic and they were um kind of intrigued by it frightened by it scared by whatever they were doing but either way they saw her kind of perform this magic and we don't really know exactly what happened but they must have abused her or scarred her in some way that it left her mentally and emotionally scarred and her magical powers were severely altered and ended up manifesting in random or destructive ways. So the head of the Dumbledore family, which was Percival, the father of Ariana, Aberforth, and Albus, he found out about how the Muggle boys uh, frightened her and, uh, you know, kind of forced her to try to perform her magic again. He ended up attacking these Muggle boys and he was sent to Azkaban for it. So Azkaban is the wizarding prison. He was sent there for life. So he was to die in Azkaban. So the Dumbledore family, after Percival, the dad, was sent to Azkaban, they moved to Godric's Hollow. Now, if you recall, Godric's Hollow is where Harry actually lived with his parents when he was younger. The year that he had with his parents, they lived in Godric's Hollow. And someone else that lived there was Bethilda Bagshot. Bethilda Bagshot, I mentioned her in one of the first episodes because she is the author of one of the first year's textbooks, which is A History of Magic. She's a very celebrated magical historian. She's on a chocolate frog card, all of that stuff. She lived in Godric's Hollow as well. So Percival Dumbledore, sentenced to life in Azkaban, his kids still had to kind of get on with their lives, right? So Albus Dumbledore, the oldest son, the Dumbledore that we all know, he just kind of went about his life, went to Hogwarts, became an amazing and very accomplished wizard even at a young age. He was actually going to go on a really big, I guess kind of like a postgraduate, post-Hogwarts trip, adventure with one of his friends, Alpheus Dodge, who actually did write his obituary for the Daily Prophet that we read in Deathly Hollows. However, they were unable to go on this trip because Albus, Ariana, and Aberforth's mother, Kendra, she died tragically. What happened was Ariana, you know, growing up, she wasn't able to control her magic. She had to really suppress it. And then when she would suppress it, it would kind of be worse. And it was just a big whole mix of problems with Ariana's magic. And it stems from when she was terrorized by those muggle boys all those years ago. And she actually, on accident, ends up killing her mother because she has an outburst of magic that she just cannot control. It kills her mother. So... Albus was unable to go on this trip. He had to go home to his brother and sister and and become the head of the family because his mom had just been killed by their sister on accident. So Albus Dumbledore, very famous already, even just from just being at Hogwarts. He goes back home to Godric's Hollow, right? And there he meets Skellard Grindelwald. Now, Grindelwald is the nephew or great nephew of Mathilda Bagshot. So that's a connection right there. And he was the same age as Albus Dumbledore. However, he did not attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. He went to Durmstrang. Now, if you remember, Durmstrang is one of the schools that 
competes in a Triwizard Tournament during Harry's fourth year at Hogwarts in the Goblet of Fire. So, Geller Grindelwald actually got expelled from there. You know, he was kind of doing some dark stuff, dark magic, and he got expelled. And Durmstrang is a school that's known for kind of teaching dark magic, almost glorifying it a little bit. And even he was doing some extreme stuff enough to get him expelled. So, that's already kind of a red flag right there. Anyways, he moved in with his great aunt, Mathilda Backshot, uh, who was a neighbor of the Dumbledore family. And very quickly, the two wizards bonded. And um, their relationship did become romantic. And it even led to Albus Dumbledore agreeing with Grindelwald's ideas on wizarding domination. And it was a short uh, relationship, friendship, uh, whatever combo of the two it was. It was only about two months, according to canon. So it wasn't very long. Either way, it was very uh, powerful, very fast. Lots of uh, almost like dangerous ideas going on. Grindelwald was very much um, set on wizarding domination and kind of keeping wizards over muggles for the greater good. And this was something that Albus Dumbledore did agree with him on. And this is kind of getting like into his secrets. However, this is something we learned in the Deathly Hollows book. And this is where I do want to mention, too, that Dumbledore is often glorified a lot. There are a lot of fans who do see his flaws and his mistakes and don't put him on as much of a pedestal as others do. But I think it's important to remember that Dumbledore is human as well. Even though he's extraordinarily gifted and an amazing wizard, he's still very much a human being with his wants and desires and ideas. And I want to read a quote from Deathly Hollows that he actually tells Harry. Um, so as a teenager, after he had been planning his travels and like his career, he um, became very resentful about having to go back to Godric's Hollow with his sister who needed constant care. And the excerpt from the book is, I resented it, Harry. Dumbledore stated it baldly, coldly. He was looking now, over the top of Harry's head into the distance. I was gifted. I was brilliant. I wanted to escape. I wanted to shine. I wanted glory. Do not misunderstand me, he said, and pain crossed the face so that he looked ancient again. I loved them. I loved my parents. I loved my brother and my sister. But I was selfish, Harry. More selfish than you, who are a remarkably selfless person, could possibly imagine. So that... When my mother died and I was left with the responsibility of a damaged sister and a wayward brother, I returned to my village in anger and bitterness, trapped and wasted, I thought. And then, of course, he came. He being Geller Grindelwald, the other brilliant wizard who, honestly, he would have had the title of most evil wizard of the last, I don't know, century if Voldemort hadn't come along and kind of, you know, been eviler than him a generation later. Either way, Geller Grindelwald was very evil, very bad. So he did befriend Albus Dumbledore, who was very gifted as well. And they had like a really strong bond and they were inseparable. And they had all these ideas for a new wizarding order and even had an obsession with the Deathly Hollows and all this. However, Aberforth did not agree with any of this. And he voiced his concerns to his older brother, Albus. And... There was actually the moment where Ariana died. It was during a duel between the three of them, Albus, Aberforth, and Grindelwald. So this is what's happening. This is what happened according to Aberforth, and this is what he tells Harry in Deathly Hollows. He says that after he brought up, you know, his concerns and how 
Albus's friendship with Grindelwald had left Ariana neglected. He said what happened was, I pulled out my wand, and he pulled out his, and I had the Cruciatus curse used on me by my brother's best friend, and Albus was trying to stop him, and then all three of us were dueling, and the flashing lights and the bang set her off. She couldn't stand it. The color was draining from Aberforth's face as though he had suffered a mortal wound, and I think she wanted to help, but she didn't really know what she was doing. I don't think... I don't know which of us did it. It could have been any of us, and she was dead. So, basically what happened was that Aberforth and his brother Albus had to fight with Grindelwald. It was basically a three-way duel, and Ariana got in the middle of it, and it's not really clear which of the three it was, but one of them killed Ariana. So either Albus could have killed his sister, Aberforth could have killed his sister, or it was Grindelwald. But it was all three of them kind of at once, so they don't really know who killed her. However, that is huge guilt that Albus and Aberforth both feel at the possibility that they might have killed their own sister. Grindelwald doesn't really care as much because he's evil, but it was still something that just weighed so heavily on both of them for the rest of their lives and actually even drove Albus to the point of almost madness. He did find the resurrection stone, which will allow someone to kind of see their dead loved ones for a bit. And it pretty much killed him. That curse was about to kill him within the year. Snape finished him off. But that curse from the ring was about to kill him, the resurrection stone. So it's just a lot of history with the Dumbledore family. At this point, Albus and Aberforth are the only ones living. Their dad died in Azkaban. Their mom was killed by their sister on accident. And one of them possibly killed their own sister as well. So there's a lot going on here. And at that point, Grindelwald and Dumbledore kind of had like a parting of the ways. They were no longer friends, no longer really trying to be associated with each other, really. However, they did know that they were both powerful and that could be dangerous. And also, using the Cruciatus curse is really bad. There's three unforgivable curses in the wizarding world. There's the killing curse, which is one of probably the worst of them all because you kill someone by doing that. And then there's the Imperious Curse, which is basically like you're controlling somebody. Um, and then there's the Cruciatus Curse, which is what Aberforth said that Grindelwald tried to use on him. And basically, that's just, that's a torture curse. That, is, that can drive someone absolutely into insanity. And it actually did happen with Neville. We know Neville Longbottom, both of his parents who were Aurors, Dark Wizard Fighters, or Catchers, whichever you want to call it. They are actually just mentally insane beyond repair, just completely beyond repair because they were tortured so badly, so terribly that they are unable to really function very well. Honestly, they don't even know who their own son is anymore. Because that's how bad they were tortured with that Cruciatus curse. So very dangerous. And Grindelwald just completely lost control in that moment. And Albus even admits that he always sensed that in him, but he pretended not to, and it sprang into this whole thing, and it caused his sister to be dead. So this was all revealed to us in the last Harry Potter book, Deathly Hollows. Now, in the first and second Fantastic Beasts movie, we have a character called Credence, Credence Barebone, and basically, it's it was so weird amongst the fandom in the last, like, I don't know, minute or two minutes of The Crimes of Grindelwald, which is the second Fantastic Beast movie, 
we find out that Credence's real name is Aurelius Dumbledore. And apparently he's a long lost Dumbledore brother. And it kind of makes no sense to any Pot- Harry Potter fans how it fits into the canon. I mean, there's some theories, but honestly, we just don't know. Basically, he was when he was a baby, he was taken on a ship that was going to America. And aboard the ship was a young leader, Lestrange. And her half-brother was on the ship with her, and he was crying. He was just a baby. And she got tired of him crying, so she switched him out with a different baby who happened to be Credence, a.k.a. Aurelius Dumbledore. And basically, the her little brother that she switched out, Corvus, died. He drowned on the sinking ship. And Credence, a.k.a. Aurelius Dumbledore, survived. And he was later put up for adoption in America. In America. He was adopted by an American muggle. And she actually led an anti-witchcraft group, society type thing in New York. So Credence was physically and mentally abused by his adoptive mother, because she wanted to suppress his magical abilities, and this abuse led him to become an Obscurial. Now, an Obscurial is a witch or a wizard who develops a dark, uh, parasitical magical force when their magic is suppressed through abuse. This is the exact same thing that happened to Ariana Dumbledore. She, her magic became suppressed through abuse through those three muggle boys that torment. It was a traumatic event that caused her magic to become suppressed and uncontrollable. Now, we didn't learn about this until the first Fantastic Beasts movie. We did not get the word Obscurial, Obscurious a single time in all of Harry Potter. We didn't even learn Dumbledore had a sister until the very last book. So we had no idea until Fantastic Beasts came out that this is also what Ariana Dumbledore's traumatic event led to, led to her becoming an Obscurious. So eventually in the first Fantastic Beasts movie, Credence, aka Aurelius, he loses control of his Obscurus, Obscurus, and he creates chaos in New York, and that catches the attention of the evil Gellard Grindelwald, and supposedly it makes it seem like Credence was killed at the end of Fantastic Beasts, but an Obscurial can't be killed when they're in that state. So he survived, and he embarks on a journey to find his real identity, and that's what we kind of learn about in Fantastic Beasts 2. And at the very end, that's when Grindelwald reveals to Credence that he's Aurelius Dumbledore. And we don't know how he knows. We don't really know what's going on. So that's why so many fans are confused and kind of almost annoyed. Like, what? This doesn't even fit in with the Harry Potter canon that we know of the Dumbledores. But if we recall from Chamber of Secrets is the first movie you would see Fox in. So Fox is the phoenix that is Dumbledore's pet bird. He actually is the same phoenix who gave a tail feather core to both Harry's wand and Voldemort's wand. So with the Dumbledore family, according to legend, a phoenix will appear to those of the Dumbledore family when they are in dire need. Now, Credence had been carrying a baby bird around and it ended up being a phoenix who was, you know, coming to a Dumbledore in need. So this is something else that... Harry Potter fans really aren't on board with because it's kind of like what it almost seems like it's coming out of nowhere I'm sure the author is going somewhere with it but as of right now it's not completely clear but the theories also range like maybe Grindelwald was just lying to him because he wants to kill Dumbledore and he wants Credence on his side because his powerful uncontrollable magic could help him do that 
And now with the third Fantastic Beasts title reveal, The Secrets of Dumbledore, it's like, okay, is it Albus Dumbledore, Aberforth, Ariana, Kendra, Percival, or is it this new Aurelius Dumbledore? Like, there's so many possibilities, and it might just be all of them. It might be the entire Dumbledore family. But at the same time, it's like, what don't we already know? Of course, we had this bomb dropped on us about a new Dumbledore at the end of Fantastic Beasts 2. But we have to remember, this is also the series called Fantastic Beasts. And Newt Scamander is, or seems like he was the main character. And now it's kind of a question, is like, how much is Newt going to be involved? Albus Dumbledore told Newt that he couldn't act against Grindelwald. So Newt has to. And we learned the reason why was because of a blood pact. Some sort of magic that we don't know about yet because we didn't hear about it in Harry Potter books. There's some sort of magic uh, where a blood pact and apparently both Albus and Grindelwald did this blood pact. So he's unable to move against him, fight against him, even though he knows he has to. So eventually we know that this gets broken because we know from Harry Potter, even in, I think, chapter six, one of the very first chapters of the Sorcerer's Stone, we read whenever Harry is on the train going to Hogwarts for the first time and he's reading the Chocolate Frog cards, he reads Dumbledore's cards and it says one of the things he's known for is defeating the Dark Wizard Grindelwald. So, like, that is revealed so early on, but we don't really learn more until the seventh book, but it's revealed in the first book. However, because of that reveal, we know that Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore, eventually does defeat Grindelwald and imprisons him. We don't know how he breaks the blood pact. We didn't even know there was one until the second Fantastic Beasts movie. So we have to learn about his, a little bit more, maybe about his family background, how he breaks the blood pact so he can defeat Grindelwald for good, um, and the possibility of how Credence really is his brother. And really just exploring the relationship between Aberforth and Albus because we learned in Harry Potter that it was rocky, pretty bad for who knows how long years. So going back to Newt Scamander, we need to kind of find out how much he's going to be in it, as well as Jacob, Tina, and Queenie, who were like kind of the core four, the main four in Fantastic Beasts. And at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, Queenie actually joined Grindelwald. So that's like someone good joining the evil side. And she kind of claims it's because she wants his ideals, like the muggle hierarchy, whatever he is talking about. She wants to be able to marry the man she loves, who is a muggle. And as a witch in America, she's unable to do that because of her, because of the laws that they have against uh, their interactions with muggles. So big question is just how much is Nuke going to be in this? Um, does he even have any more fantastic beasts to find? That's what it seemed like the first movie was going to be. We knew there was going to be Grindelwald in it before it even premiered because of the trailers and everything. But he had to, his beasts were kind of escaped from his briefcase we had he had to find them you know all of his fantastic beasts we had some new creatures revealed to us in the second movie in crimes of grindelwald and i'm sure that we'll have some in the third one in secrets of dumbledore but how much are they going to actually add to the overall story that's what we don't know and that's what might be kind of concerning because it seems like this might just be mostly about the dumbledore family even though it's supposed to be about newt it's supposed to be about the beasts as a whole 
So we'll see how much that is kind of incorporated into this movie. Something else I do want to mention is that a lot of people are pointing out how the logo with the D in Dumbledore, the it looks like an Elder Wand or maybe just a wand. Something to think about. Elder Wand was um, definitely a big part of the very last Harry Potter book. It's the most powerful wand in the world. It is the wand that Voldemort was searching for because he wanted to use it to kill Harry. He didn't believe that any other wand would work to kill him. And it's actually, it was actually Dumbledore's wand for decades. You have to win that wand. You can't just, it doesn't really choose you and you can't just steal it from somebody. It has allegiance to its owner. You have to win it in a duel. And it was kind of revealed in Deathly Hollows that Grindelwald did steal this wand earlier on from whatever. He took it. It was his. Who knows how great it worked for him. And Dumbledore eventually defeats him and that wand becomes his, the Elder Wand. He has it for decades and it's buried with him. And Voldemort takes it from Dumbledore's grave. And then eventually it becomes Harry's and Harry kind of gets rid of it. Anyways, it's possible that in the logo, in the D, that wand is the Elder Wand. It might just be some random wand, who knows, but it would make more sense if it was the Elder Wand. And something else I want to talk about is actually Dumbledore, the word Dumbledore and the word secrets. Now, Dumbledore here meaning Albus Dumbledore. Albus Dumbledore is very good at keeping secrets. He kept the secret from everybody except for Snape, obviously, because it was between him and Snape how Snape loved Lily and how he would protect Lily and how Snape would kill Dumbledore if Malfoy failed to. Like, all of that was big secret that he kept. Would have been good for Harry to know, but at the same time, it was Dumbledore's choice to not tell him almost anything. Harry actually doesn't find out a lot about Dumbledore until after he dies, after Dumbledore dies in Half-Blood Prince. In the next book, in Deathly Hollows, he finds out a lot more, like Dumbledore wanting power for the greater good. And Rita Skeeter, who is a writer for the Daily Prophet, the newspaper, she actually writes a novel about Dumbledore called The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore after he dies. And that's where Harry learns a lot, actually. And so I want to read a letter that was included in that book that he wrote to Gellert Grindelwald. It says, Gellert, your point about wizard dominance being for the muggle's own good, in all caps. This, I think, is the crucial point. Yes, we have been given power, and yes, that power gives us the right to rule, but it also gives us responsibilities over the world. We must stress this point. It will be the foundation stone upon which we build. Where we are opposed, as we surely will be, this must be the basis of all our counter-arguments. We seize control, in all caps, for the greater good. And from this, it follows that where we meet resistance, we must use only force that is necessary and no more. This was your mistake at Durmstrang, but I do not complain because if he had not been expelled, we would have never met. And he signs the letter Albus, but the A is the Deathly Hollows, which is the triangle, the circle, and the stick, which represents, of course, the wands, the stone, and the cloak. So this letter is kind of almost disturbing to read. Like the Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore really wrote this in his youth. It's pretty disturbing just because it's basically saying to seize control for the greater good and use force upon those who disagree. So he kept this from Harry. 
There's many times where he just doesn't divulge information. Um, a lot about the Horcruxes. He did help him with that, but not really. Harry, Ron, Hermione were struggling for a long time to find those Horcruxes to kill them. Dumbledore didn't know everything, but he knew a lot more than he let on to Harry. Um, one example of this, of Dumbledore and secrets, is in the entire Order of the Phoenix book. It's the longest book in the Harry Potter series. And Dumbledore ignores Harry that entire year. He completely ignores him, really doesn't talk to him at all, and he avoids him. And Dumbledore's reasoning is that Voldemort and Harry's minds are linked. That means that Voldemort can feel Harry's emotions in the same way that Harry could feel Voldemort's. And he thought, Dumbledore thought that it was best to keep Harry confused and frustrated and f almost feeling like he knew nothing at all what was going on. And he thought that it was the best thing he could do because the more that Harry was out of the loop, the less he would know and the less reason Voldemort would have anything to gain from accessing Harry's mind. So not really a great decision. Some fans agree with it. Some don't. So not only is Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore, you know, kind of good at keeping secrets, he also exhibits many times where he uses poor judgment. And this is one of them, according to some fans. Some don't think it is, but it kind of depends how you look at it. And I'll definitely get into this once we get there in order of the Phoenix chapter reviews. However, the words Dumbledore and secrets really probably just the Dumbledore family as a whole. It's the it's Ariana, Aberforth, Albus, their parents, and then now Aurelius. So definitely going to learn about that, hopefully. Hopefully we're not just left with a cliffhanger. And again, going back to the blood pack too, of course we know that that keeps Grindelwald and Albus from dueling each other. However, this also, there's a theory that this might actually be the cause of Ariana's death. Remember there was the three-way duel where she was killed? Maybe it was like the both of them, not really Aberforth, but maybe because of their blood pact, it caused some crazy magic to happen that just made her uncontrollable magic worse. So basically, we don't really know what's going to happen. We can speculate, speculate about timeline jumps, darker themes, what the actual secrets are, if the whole Harry Potter canon is going to be disrupted again like it was in the second Fantastic Beasts film. We really are not sure. And so I feel like the big question here is, are we going to actually see and learn about new secrets? Or are we just going to see old secrets unfold? Since we do know the ending, what's going to happen. I guess we don't know much of the in-between. It seems like there wasn't really much to add until the cliffhanger reveal in the second film of Credence being a Dumbledore. So overall, I'm still super excited because I love Harry Potter. I love the Wizarding World. Even though this isn't a Harry Potter series, it's still the same world. It's the Wizarding World. It happened decades before Harry was born, has the same character of Albus Dumbledore. So I'm excited to learn more about him because I think that all the reveals we got about him in Deathly Hollows were super interesting about his family as well. I just don't know how this is going to fit in with the overall Wizarding World history, story, timeline, that kind of thing. And others don't really understand either. Even one of the actors in Harry Potter who played Percy Weasley, he even tweeted that he just, he's just so confused by all of it because... Really, we're all confused. We don't know what's going on. We're not going to know until April of next year. So hopefully it doesn't 
mar the Harry Potter timeline too much. Hopefully it makes sense and actually fits in very well. Basically, we're just expecting to see a young Aberforth Dumbledore be cast. And also probably some flashbacks, honestly. Maybe of Ariana when she was younger. Maybe when she got tormented by those muggles. When her dad attacked the muggles and got sent to Azkaban. We'll learn more about Obscurials and like that parasitical, uncontrollable, dangerous magic. And... I guess we'll just kind of see how it all unfolds and I just hope it's great. A lot of people have really negative views on this film series. It's the first one people really liked, but the second one wasn't as well received. So hopefully it isn't disappointing because, you know, fans can be really critical, but hopefully it does fit in really well and makes a lot of sense and doesn't kind of completely stray away from the original series that we know and love and the timeline from there so this episode i really just wanted to do like kind of that brief overview a little summary for those who aren't aware and also to kind of bring up you know like maybe this could happen we need to see this happen like with dumbledore we already know he's going to defeat grindelwald but apparently there's stuff in the middle that we don't know about you know that kind of thing so I'm so excited for it. I definitely want to do another episode like this once the first teaser trailer comes out because that'll definitely give more content because we don't have any right now. We have nothing. We don't even really have many set pictures. We don't know what's going on. We just hope that we can see Newt's in it a lot, Tina, Queenie, Jacob, that kind of thing, like that, that main four so that we can see how their stories play out and fit into all of this and hopefully see some cool fantastic beasts that we're hoping to see. And I just want to remind everybody that my new episode will be out on Saturday, October 2nd. And that'll be discussing chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is titled Halloween. So I start celebrating Halloween in August. I love Halloween. I kind of go into spooky season a little bit early for some people. But I think it's very fitting that my first episode in October was the one titled Halloween for Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. So make sure you read that chapter. And if you have any questions when reading it or want me to talk about anything in the episode, just let me know. You can email me at the heiress of Slytherin podcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Slytherin pod. Or you can visit my Facebook page, which is the heiress of Slytherin podcast. And this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. And you can subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to. And that'd be really great. That's the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening to The Heiress of Slytherin. I'm Mikaela. Bye.